Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We are reviewing one of the most famous Metallica concerts ever, uh, Cunning Stunts, which was recorded at the Fort Worth Convention Center in Fort Worth, Texas in May uh, 1997. Today we're going to go through, we're going to talk a little about the history, how it came together, the songs, the performances. I'm sure you've seen it. It is an unbelievable uh, performance in my eyes. And just before we do, please follow the show at Metallica Pod, as I always say, if you want to know about about news, you want to know about songs that are upcoming, best to follow us there on Twitter, metallicabot.gmail.com, if you want to come on the show and discuss a song, I would love to have you, um, we've got quite a lot booked in, as I'm at pains to say, but if you want to come on for some P's, for some R's, some S's, you know, Sabracadabra, Shorty Straw, Sliver, all of those songs are available, so get in touch with me there. We've got a Patreon as well. If you enjoy the show, if you want to give back to the show, all the stuff that we record goes into the Patreon first. So you just basically get preview access. Often the Alpha Telegram episodes will be on there, but stuff like this, for example, will be on there a few weeks before it goes on. So if you want to give back and you want to just, you know, be a bit more of a diehard Alpha Telegram fan, I appreciate it. So there's Patreon there. Also, iTunes. A great thing that you could do to really help out the show would be to leave an iTunes review. They help to push up the algorithms. We're always going to be in the shadow of Metal Up Your Podcast, unfortunately. But if you want to, if you want to define us as second you want to nail us in there please leave a review so um yeah we're doing cunning stunts and i'm joined by aiden all the way from california aiden how's it going man i'm doing pretty good how you doing tom i'm well i'm well man and i'm very jealous that you're in california i'm recording this is a very cold oxford um is it is it is it sunny outside is it beautiful it's uh kind of a mixture honestly it's kind of sunny but it's windy it's cloudy you know it's whatever okay okay. and uh metallica for you Where, where does it start oh man um well, where do I even start? You know, I've always known, you know, my whole life, you know, what they are. And, you know, I've known, oh. like, Master of Puppets and Sandman, you know. It's kind of like a, a thing if you're it's born. It's just there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're slightly younger, aren't you? 18, are you? Is that right? 16. 16. My God. Is this even legal, this podcast? But no, okay, so yeah. continue, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, everyone knows Master of Puppets. Everyone knows Master mm. uh, Sandman. One, you know, the radio stuff. Sure. But, um... I've always been like a really big metal fan, and uh, I remember just being a Metallica hater, honestly. Right. For a while, like I was like, "Oh, Megadeth is better than Metallica." Oh, they, Her- heresy, they heresy. Yeah, they did yeah. this to Dave and this, and sure, I just sure, thought Metallica sure. was dumb yeah. for some reason. But I never really actually listened to them. Yeah. And so then, uh, about like 2015, for some reason, I just like. It was kind of inspired by watching like Rob Scallon videos on YouTube. You know Rob Scallon? Of course, love him. Yeah. And I, I saw I watched his every Metallica song in four minutes video, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is pretty interesting. Like I didn't even know because he had the album cover showing yep. on like his computer screen when he played each song, and I'd never like even heard of Load or Reload in my whole life, mm-hmm. or Saint Anger or anything. I was like, what even is this? Right. The album covers are so they're eye catching. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, this is pretty. Pretty absurd. I, I feel like I need to check this out. And song titles were also kind of weird to me. Like, ain't my bitch. Like, what kind of song title is right, that? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. And so I decided to check it out. And then I remember just, I decided that I wanted to listen to all their albums. So I did it. And ever since, I've been a Dyer fan. And mm-hmm. I listen to everything, watch everything, buy everything, etc. What about Cunning Stunts then? That was just logical progression then, I suppose. Yeah, Cunning, it, yeah. cunning Stunts. Uh, I was just looking through YouTube and I... I saw it and I was like, oh, Cunning Stunts 97. This is like the 97, you know, load, reload era yep, of Metallica. Yep, yep. And uh, I I went through it and I watched like the Metallica YouTube channel official videos, like the mm-hmm. Kill Ride Medley and Ain't My Bitch Live and stuff like that. But 
I never really sat through it until like I don't know maybe like a year ago and I was pretty intrigued in like the 90s era of Metallica is so like uh intriguing really for lack of a better word yeah yeah like there's a lot of they're so much more different than they were like the the few years before it like that in the Metallica evolution I feel this is like a really big turn for like who they were and how they sounded and stuff yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they definitely had a transformation for better and for worse. They, they definitely nineties-ified in the nineties. Yeah. Metallica they embraced that. Whereas you see, I don't know, bands like Pantera, for example, just got heavier and heavier and more insular. Metallica definitely embraced uh, the difference there. And I remember uh, slightly younger than you at the time. This would have been two thousand and six in Birmingham, UK. I had my my birthday party, for want of a better word, at the Hard Rock Cafe, which doesn't exist oh, okay. anymore in the in in Birmingham, which is a bit of a shame. I think it's like a club now or something but i remember uh, my, my my friends banding together and, and giving me this because they knew i was a big metallic fan cunning stunts and dvd and i'd never seen it before and it is kind of um it's a perfect introduction to the band isn't it as well because it's in that 90s period as you say so there's a lot of new material there's a lot of old material you're getting a whole gamut of stuff it's not like a a cliff all for example and yeah i mean it's it's a remarkable show we're gonna go through it song by song but just generally it's it's a fantastic performance right uh, yeah, I personally love 90s Metallica performances because Jason Newstead is, you know, he's so special, one of a kind. Yeah. Each basis of Metallica really is. Like, Rob has his own things, and Cliff had his own things, and Jason had his own things. And to me, I Jason's my personal favorite, and mm-hmm. everything that he adds, especially live, is amazing. And, it, like, the, the 90s era, like, vibe that they give off is pretty, it's pretty interesting to watch and hear. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... We'll get into it. So it kicks off, and I absolutely love the way it kicks off. It's kind of turning a lot of the rock cliches on on its head, really. Yeah, the, exactly. The house lights are on, and the yeah. I, 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 you, you mentioned your man Jason. I love that the first thing we see is him just screaming, running, and a common theme throughout all of Cunningston's are just this sea of extended hands constantly out. Yeah, and he's like running by, giving everyone over and high fives and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like he doesn't. I don't even think he has a bass on yet. Like no, he's just no, he running doesn't. around. Yeah, yeah, he's just dapping everyone. You know, Kirk is saluting people. Um, you know, yeah. James is James. Lars is spitting in people's faces. Yes, I wanted to bring that up. Like, this is like the '90s era where they would like. I feel like, uh, like, it sounds bad, but like the egos were just like super high. Hell I guess. Yeah. Hell yeah! Like. Yeah. Lars is like spitting on people. Well, well, but, I like, mean, you you say that, but when I saw them in Birmingham in 2017, Lars spat in people's faces. I think that's just oh really. Sh- and uh, you know, I, I it kind of grosses me out. But I think I was in front. If I was in front of him, I'd accept that loogie. Uh, I mean, yeah. What else are you gonna do? It's Lars. <laughs> <Yeah>. You, <know? laughs> you can't reject it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's got some sort of orange juice concoction, and you get yeah. to, you get to appreciate here this giant Fort Worth convention center. This. American yeah. monolith uh, that they're about to slay, and I like that they open with a jam. They open with a teaser. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure chronologically if Reload was out at this time. I don't think no, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, because they tease fuel as well, and yeah. they, you know, pretty much every Metallica concert ever opens with XC of Gold. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we just and they just cover- totally turn it yeah, on its head yeah. here. It's not there. They're just playing Bad Seed, which is just, you know, I mentioned this recently when I was on Melody Pop's uh-huh. top five rated songs. I love Bad Seed, mm-hmm. but it's just I blo- love Bad Seed too. It's just a bluesy riff. You know, it kind of, yeah. it's a different element of an introduction. One thing I noticed too is everyone obviously knows that they open up with like the Bad Seed jam and then they go into So What, but I didn't notice until recently that they kind of jam out Fixer a little bit. Yep. Which is interesting because, like, you know, they'll probably never play that live. And it's one of the most underrated songs. And so uh, 
they kind of jam the chorus of Fixer, like the do no do 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 do. Like they kind of do the chorus to Fixer almost instrumentally before they go into Bad Seed. Yeah, and uh, obviously everyone is hyped to fuck. I I, I needed to do more research because I I didn't I, I didn't know who was the support band. I would have been intrigued to see. Please comment below. It's, did you? Did you I see? believe it's Corrosion of Conformity. Was it? Oh man. I don't, I don't know, though, because I know that they were opening up from, on that tour, but yeah. I don't know specifically of this show, but I'm going to yeah. assume so. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm currently in a Corrosion of Conformity fest. I've got to be honest with you, I really like that band, Deliverance. Yeah. I've not really listened to it before, but I know that James and Pepper Keenan, the main guy, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, great albums, Deliverance and Wiseblood. But um, yeah, Pits are kicking off instantly, and the, yeah. whole, the whole stage setup, very different, very Metallica, and just immense, isn't it? Yeah, I remember watching the making of Cunning Stunts. Oh, yeah. And uh, they were talking about how it's, like, bigger than a basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, bigger than a basketball. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. Like, not a, a field, a but, like... Yeah. Yeah, a court. Yeah. And it's just ginormous, really. They have two stages, two drum sets, and, like, there's bridges going over this and that, and yeah. it's all in one big weird shape. It's really an enormous stage, and it takes up the whole floor. Yeah, yeah. And the lights continue, which I like. It's not like the band come on and then boom it's like no the lights are here and it kind of yeah it, with any other band it would rob it of some of the magic you know what i mean because you need those those shadows those eaves to conjure these mythic figures but here it works and they go into so what which pretty much continues until i think it's the second verse when all the lights go down yeah and it's kind of abrupt and, you, and if you're watching it and the lights turn on you can hear the crowd get you know louder yeah. when the lights when the lights turn on which is understandable and it's just it kind of just happens and people just accept it and i remember the first time i watched it i didn't like i knew that the house lights were on but i didn't realize i was like something looks weird but i can't tell what it is and then i realized halfway through so what that when the like normal stage lights turn on i was like oh the freaking house lights are on that's what's going on and i i really didn't even notice the first time i watched it yeah, yeah, it's it's terrific, and you know you sort of get the the spotlights on all the band and the way the cameras. I can't, I don't know quite how many cameras they have to film this because it is like a movie. It's brilliantly filmed as a concert yeah. film. It, you know, it's on the level of say Martin Scorsese's The Last Waltz or something like that. Like yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah, or Shine a Light. You know, it's one of those classic concert films. And one of the things that I love no matter where the cameras are, you can always just see people standing behind them going crazy. It really gives it that atmosphere. Yeah. And yeah, I, I believe it's just kind of that uh, middle of the middle of the arena stage setup, like mm-hmm. like Lars said in the making of it too. It's kind of like having four front rows almost. Yeah. So like, no matter where you are, you're gonna see a crowd, and you saw them in a in an environment like this, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The same. Pretty much the same. I think they sort of pioneered it on this tour, I believe, and then kept with it. It's a very smart yeah. thing to do because I I watched a bit of the making of as well. And Lars was saying how antiquated it was. And he's right to have, like, the band at the front and all the crowd, you know, just, just in front of them going backwards mm-hmm. rather than surrounded around. So, you know, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. And, you know, So What is great. I love the fact that they open with it. I mean, arguably they open with Bad Seed, but they kind of open with So What. This sort of the yeah. laissez-faire attitude. And then we yeah. go straight into... Creeping Death. I mean, yeah, in my opinion, one of the greatest... Your favourite song. My favourite song, Aiden. In my opinion, one of the greatest songs ever written... And they slightly shorten the intro just to get into it. And I personally yeah. love the Creepy Death intro. And they, they kind of cut the tail off it. And this is a common theme th- for upcoming stunts that they're going to truncate it. It's kind of a common theme of 90s Metallica yes, almost. definitely. Definitely. Because they shorten Master of Puppets. They shorten Creeping Death. This and that. You know what I mean? They, made, they did Master Master Serium for a while in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's kind of a theme for late 90s Metallica. And... I, I, 
what can we say about Creeping Death, really? It's a fantastic performance. I love James James screaming, here we go, baby, as the main riff kicks in oh, and the explosion. Yeah. Just goosebumps whenever I watch it. When he says baby. It's baby. Like, he makes baby metal. Is... I don't know how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the 90s thing. He says baby. Like, every time <laughs> I listen to S&M, yeah. like, because S&M, if you count that as Metallica album, I guess you could say it's oh, my course. favorite. Okay, okay. And I absolutely love S&M, and mm -hmm. it's like, uh, he says it like every other word. Lots it's, of baby. it's like, yeah. it's so, it's so, like he just does it so much that it becomes cool after a point. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hetfield can make anything cool, to be honest with you. Yeah, honestly. And, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, brilliant version. Jason is unbelievable throughout the entire uh, performance, I think. I think yeah, his backing yeah. vocals are sensational. He's rocking the Pusshead shirt as well, which is just yeah, yeah. embodies that fan aesthetic that he's got. And yeah, he's... James just James say, come on, baby, again, when Kirk does a solo. He, he loves saying baby. Yeah, I mean, the crowd's his baby, I guess, man. <laughs> So. but one thing too i want mm. like i noticed throughout the show is that like the pyro like when there's like an explosion like they do it in the intro creeping death it's so loud yeah. like it's like unbelievably loud like this yes. is like it drowns out all the music like for a few seconds like it's like You're and right. then the, you hear music kind of coming back in like it's so unbelievably loud it is it is and i like how jason you know sort of takes the final chorus as well himself oh, yeah. um and, yeah. he, and he sounds fantastic like you know i love rob He's a fantastic uh -huh. bass player, but his backing vocals are pretty shit, really, compared to Jason. Oh, Jason yeah. sounds demonic. I, I remember watching the Spit Out the Bone live for the I, premiere yeah. thing on YouTube, and I was, uh, man, I know. poorly executed. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a shame. But I, and mean... I, I remember telling my friends, I remember telling them, imagine them doing this with Jason. Yeah. Imagine how cool that would be. Yeah. It's a but, yeah. You can only yeah. dream. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is 90s Metallica, as you say, but they are here pretty much to establish early on that it's still fucking Metallica. Creepy oh, death, yeah. straight into Sabbath True. Yeah, Sabbath True is absolutely one of my favorite performances of Sabbath True is, is here. Like, God, it's so heavy. Like, you can, like, right when it goes to the da 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 and it goes into the main riff, mm. James is just, like, stomping. You know what I mean? Like, Jason is. Ah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The vibe is totally in there. I feel like everyone in the in the entire place has to be feeling the groove of it. It's totally, it's unreal. Totally. And I, when I, I, I sat when I saw Metallica and sat, they played Sabbath True. I mm -hmm. saw them in August on the Worldwide tour. Nice. And it was like it was definitely like the Sabbath True is definitely a song that is a live song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just has that space. You know, it has those pauses between the notes that, you know, as an audience member, you just feel yourself. And I like James' announcement, we've came here to kick your ass, is what he informs. Oh, yeah. And he Which, just, like, totally yeah. blows his voice out when he yells it. Like, he's like, we kick your ass. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. And all these, you know, the, these Black Album songs that he played throughout the set, by this point, I guess they've been playing them for five or six years. They are they are enchanced. You know, they are entrenched. They are, they are classics oh, yeah. in the canon. Yeah. And... It's a it's a, it's a terrific performance of Sad But True. There's not much more to say really about it. I just think yeah, it's you know, solid they all, they always kill this song. Yeah, and it's uh, the only song it looks like on the set list that is played in uh, uh, D standard, and it's one of their only songs in their whole catalog that's played in D standard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think it's interesting because they, you know they have to change guitars for that tuning just for one song. Yeah, which. It would have been cool because I believe the thing that should not be is in D standard. Yes. Or they play in D standard live. So it'd be cool if they threw the thing that should not be in either before or after just to like get more use out of those yeah. drop D standard guitars. But I guess they changed it back right 
in the E flat or E when A my bitch next. Yeah, yeah, and and this begins. I mean, this is the load reload era, so they are promoting a record to a certain extent. Yeah. This begins a trio of load songs. Um, what do you think of this "Ain't My Bitch" performance? Oh my god! So, like I said before, that's this in a way is indirectly what got me into Metallica is this song. Seeing the song title, seeing the album cover on the Rob Scallon video, I was like, this is like, whoa! Like, who would like this is not Metallica? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I remember first time listening to it, and I was like. Oh my god, it's so catchy. Like it's like a fun like it's a fun song really. Mm. You know, it's a bouncy song. And the guitar intro is cool. When the bass comes in da dun da dun da 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 and like mm-hmm. it all comes in. It's it's kinda has got the same thing as true. Like you feel the groove. Yeah. And um the lyrics are just so like it's the first song off the load reload era and it totally defines like I wouldn't have had another thing. It gets right to the point. And the lyrics are so, like, over-the-top 90s James, you know what I mean? Like, the alcoholica James Metallica. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the bits in the chorus, when it does the... It's like, it kind of has an element of heaviness, almost. Like the, yeah. like the previous five albums. It's definitely the heaviest moment of the song, that part, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's heavy parts, but it's also got that 90s groove and, like, the catchiness to it. I, I really like this song. Yeah, I, I think this this live performance sells the song for me. I think this is a really good performance. This was the second song we covered on Alf Metallica a long, long time ago, yeah. Alex. And uh, I want to give praise on this song in particular uh, to Wayne Isham, who was a director. Uh, yeah, he, they he, played it. They played it twice. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, I, I, so many camera cuts, but it's not distracting. Yeah. It's not like Paul Greengrass on the Born Supremacy or whatever. There's just so much yeah, going yeah. on. There's so much panning. There's so much movement. And there's just so much energy throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, the first time, the first few times I watched this concert DVD, I didn't realize that they played uh, Wherever I'm in Rome, Ain't My Bitch, uh, you know, stuff like that twice. I didn't even realize it until. I did some research and found out they did. And then I noticed it, but that's how good, I guess, the editing is on it. Yes. That yeah. I didn't even realize. I mean, there's a few times you notice, like, Lars will hit something on the symbol in the uh, like in the video, and you won't hear it in the audio. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, you know, they're wearing different shirts from the yeah, two different yeah. nights. Yeah, so it was recorded over two days, yeah. But yeah. you don't... Re- don't yeah, I, I agree. When I, when I sort of read that on Wikipedia, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because it, it is very seamless. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Lars always has his shirt off anyway, so it's not like you know. Yeah, Lars is literally just wearing underwear. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) literally is. Um, And then we go into you know a song that even load haters seem to love, "Hero of the Day." Oh yeah, my uh, what's called my dad, who's like a musician and a music fan and stuff like that. He doesn't like uh, like black album load, reload, and stuff like that. He can never really get into it. And but "Hero of the Day," he always tells me it's like a totally catchy song that is like you know it's a good song. So I can back that up here of the day. It's just an all-around song that, you know, most people will like. You know, you can't help yourself liking it. They do, they do. It has a very Finn Lizzy-esque solo that I always enjoy. Um, I think I think James's vocal live here is terrific as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. People always, you know, I've, you've seen the things on YouTube where it's the thing that should not be with S&M vocals or <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With, like this era, I think, is really when like he perfected his voice. Like, this era, I think, is, like, he has really good, like, control over his voice. And now, I think now he sounds, you oh know, better God. than ever. Yeah, yeah, he does. He really, really does. Yeah, um, I think one of my favorites is Moth Into the Flame if on Justice Era. I think that that's, oh, that's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant video, whoever did that, inspired. And, and yeah, I, 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 love, I love this track. I think this is a really good performance from them. Oh, yeah. And King Nothing, which is the follow-on. 
which again oh, yeah. is a song that no one can really hate on for load. Um, it's got a questionable video, but we're not. Really... And I don't know if you, <laughs> um, I don't know if you noticed on the uh, Cunning Songs making of when one of the fans come backstage. He's yeah, rock- the king. He's, rock- he's rocking the hero. Uh, sorry, yeah, the king. Nothing crown. One thing I I thought was funny is that he comes back there with the king and. He's obviously like telling him to sign it, and when James is signing it, you know he like bends it, yeah. turn it into like devil horns. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Do you think he was kind of mad? Like obviously he wouldn't say anything to James no. Hetfield. He, I, if that was me, I'd be like, okay, Dick, like he just broke my, yeah, cow- you broke my crown, like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a Burger Hetfield. King sort of crown anyway, but but no, yeah. it, it, it looked good on him, and I love in this um, performance uh, when they do the wish I may, wish I might section, the whisper section, and James is like oh, yeah. lit up red from below. Like, he, oh, I want to talk about the lighting and like, oh, the man. stage presence of this song because here the day in King Nothing, these two songs, I noticed that James, that Jason's vocals were great for these two songs. You know, here of the day doing the mama they try mm-hmm. and break me behind it, but in King Nothing, oh my god, like, he, like he does the chorus with him, and like. And he does "Are You Satisfied?" parts in the verses, and uh, it's so good. Like this is like prime example of what I think what made Jason my favorite member is his like amazing vocals behind songs, especially like this. And the stage presence on King Nothing when it starts, you see the cameraman shows like Kirk, and he's standing on one of the bridges in between the stages, and there's smoke everywhere. Like it's like fog rolling in almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's red lights everywhere. It's kind of like, and you hear like his weird distorted intro, like the, you know, mm-hmm, that thing. Mm-hmm. And then Jason walks under him, like through the bridge, uh, doing the bass intro. And it's like, it's building it up and it's kind of creepy. You could feel like almost like a snake is like slithering through yeah, the fog. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, I think very well executed and shows why lighting and stage presence is very important to a song. And I love... You know, the fact that Metallica aren't just huge fuck-off rock stars in this point, even though they totally are. But the fact that they yeah. all go down to the crowd. And in this King Nothing song, and King Nothing just has that groove. Like, you know, you can't help but headbang. And I love seeing Jason go out into the crowd and just everyone going mad at him. And him just headbanging. Yeah, uh, in the making up, he mentions too that, you know, people are grabbing him. He has scars and stuff. Like, you know, he mentions in the making of that people are grabbing him and... Uh, he has like scars on him, and also I noticed, and I think nothing else matters too. He's like in, down in the crowd, and he's like playing the bass, and people are like singing along with him, yeah. and it's he's like getting like super intimate with with the people. Like he's definitely the most oh, yeah. fan Metallica out of any of them because he was a fan before he, yeah, he joined. Exactly, exactly. He he stood there in front of Cliff Burton. You know, he, yeah, he was there before before anything else, and um, yeah, this okay. Like I'm just. I'm just sort of blown away watching how fucking great it looks. Like I just, I just love everything about this. The, you know, the whole presentation of it is fantastic, and mm-hmm. we get into one of the greatest ever Metallica songs, uh, "One." W- what's your thoughts yeah. on this performance of "One"? Weird placement of yeah, one, isn't you know? it? Yeah, yeah. Like half an hour into the set. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not complaining because no. it's one. No, of course. Uh, I mean, anyone listening is obviously knows one and knows that it's one of the greatest songs ever written you know Absolutely. like yeah, yeah. one is it's a spectacle i mean i am um, i actually, actually just saw on on reddit the other day uh, tenacious d's tribute yeah, i saw that yeah Did you I see that, that as well yeah it was, yeah, it, yeah. was, it, was it was written the, the greatest inspired song ever. by one yeah inspired by one i didn't realize it was about one but it makes sense because i mean yeah one is a masterpiece i mean you know, I can't wait to cover it on the show, but this performance of it as well, I think in particular because they have the Hollywood lighting um, for the Darkness Imprisoning Me section, it's just mesmeric. Oh, I know, and like, 
I, I would imagine that, because the lighting is so intertwined with the music at this performance, I would imagine that the strobes are going with the double bass, like the brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Yeah. But Jason is like a close second. Like, there's this. I mean, he had huge shoes to fill, and you know what I mean. And he did it. Like, you know, people like Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah you're right. Um, obviously, it's not as good as the 1992 San Diego based Doodle because they do Orion on that one. Yeah. And he plays his version of Orion, and it's slightly different. I don't know if you've heard it, but mm-hmm. he plays his version like the slow, the doom, 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 doom. He yep. plays like his version of Orion on that one, and I. I love it so much, but this one is good too because they go into My Friend of Misery, and yes, that's you know it's like when you think of Jason Newstead, it's hard not to think of My Friend of Misery. Yeah, because you know it's one of his writing credits, and he did that intro. It's, it's really it's, an awesome song. It really is, and it's one of the iconic, at least for me, when I think of Jason, I think of him here in Cunning Stunts, sitting on the grated steps, playing his yeah. bass high up the neck, yeah. somber, everyone listening. It, you know, I, I love it. Yeah, and so they do, they do My Friend of Misery, and it's it's kind of lame because My Friend of Misery wasn't played in its entirety until like 2012. Yeah. So it sucks that Jason never got to actually play, it, and I That's I would true. imagine he would want to. Yeah, yeah, because it is yeah he's he's a central focus of the song, and we get but a yeah. little bit of um, sanitarium, sanitarium as well played out with Kirk sort of doing a bit of doodles. Yeah. And then into a great, nothing else matters. A great version of Nothing Else Matters, right? Yeah, and it transitions super clean because they do like the part in my friend of misery and kirk's doing the volume knob thing and then they go into the intro of sanitarium and they kind of just let the e-ring out mm. and then it goes into nothing else matters it's like so breezy so calmly yeah, yeah, yeah and it works and it, it's a perfect transition and people start losing their heads when they hear those super simple you know the like the e g b e you yeah. know like i mean you're you're a musician i don't know if you felt the same way i certainly did when i learned the intro to nothing else matters i couldn't believe it was open notes i was like this is the most yeah. basic thing ever but it i've works. always i've always known the song but i like i said I, that rob's gallon video yeah. is a lot it's like symbolic to me i guess in, in for metallica and i he's doing like the big medley of all their songs and when he goes nothing else matters he just plays it openly i was like oh wow and i picked the guitar and i was like oh yeah that's how you play it yeah. like it's but I mean, it works definitely. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, you know, I know he always does it, but I can't get enough of James kicking away the stool and kicking into the solo. Oh, uh, I yeah, he gets up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so he he says his catchphrase and he stands up, he kicks the stool, and he one of his best solos. I mean, James Hetfield solos are yeah, just I you mean, know what what a brilliant solo. The nothing else matters solo. It's so memorable. You know, the, yeah. Like the end notes yeah, as well, so much like, like emotion. Yeah, very, very emotional, very classic, very seventies with a lot of the big bends. It's not too, yeah. sh- no, it's not shreddy at all. Um, and James you know, Hetfield solos, yeah, are sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. But uh, James Hetfield solos, I've always felt are like, uh, like what's it called quality over quantity. Totally. Like he, you know, he's not the lead guitar player, but when he does do a solo, it's so good. Like nothing else matters. Master of Puppets. Yeah. Uh, suicide and redemption the outlaw torn house jack built yeah we um we i remember when we covered damage case on the show with with logan uh the yeah Mo- damage the, case the motorhead cover and there's a great video i think it's in nashville of them them playing it with lemmy um backstage yeah, and kirk and james both do solos i'm gonna be honest james outplays kirk james's solo is more interesting me and my friends talk about it we, and we listen to Suicide and Redemption. We all, oh, everyone shut up, shut up, shut up. It's James' solo. And he does his awesome solo in Suicide and Redemption. Yeah. And then Kirk comes in and he does the wow. Yeah. And we kind of just. <sighs> I know. Man. It's later era Kirk. It's just sort of noises. Like, it's, like yeah. James freaking, like, James totally, like, 
whooped the lead guitar player of Metallica in a solo right now. Like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So definitely quality over quantity solos. Nothing else matters. Is no exception. And we get it's amazing. We're back in the load vein. Um, until it sleeps is next. Oh God, one of my favorite Metallica songs. Mm. So he kind of fades in like he does his da na da na 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 and then mm. Lars counts in doom 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 and they go into until it sleeps. A good transition. I love the transitions in between songs. It is also natural. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's and they go there's just a wonderful emptiness about that fretless bass, about that chord progression that I think oh, works yeah, yeah. well in the, in this thing. And um, you know, there's so many angles I should say as well on, on the film itself, cutting between. Yeah. And you know, until it sleeps, it's almost like a sort of Nirvana grungy song in that it's it's mastering the soft verses and heavy choruses. You know, the sort mm-hmm. of tear me open stuff, and it's just full throated. And you know, again, it's not necessarily a song that I've loved on record, but I think live it just gets a whole new spirit. I'm totally, you know, appalled on how it's not a live staple. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I would, I would love to see until it sleeps live, and I'm sure Rob would do great. Just I, they played it live, obviously, with Rob mm-hmm. a few times, but I would love to see, you know, Robert play it again. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and so Jason I, sings like the whole song too, like pretty much, like. Yeah, he sings the whole choruses and he sings parts of the verses. Like, this is really like a double vocalist song, at least in this performance of it. Like, Jason sings so much of it and it's perfect harmonized. He kind of has like the rough, vo- st- like more rough than James's vocals, but there's still melody to it. Yeah, okay, completely. Yeah, um, yeah, James and Jason. It's like Jerry Cantrell and Lane Stanley of Alice and exactly. James. Like, they exactly. just, they blend so yeah. so well. And, you know, it's such a shame. I mean, this is kind of a mournful Jason episode on a certain way. But, you know, this is a great, great, uh, you know, a tribute to him. And then as the song closes, Jason sort of begins to explore a bit with the pedal. My favorite moment of the whole concert right Is that right? Is that right? This bit, yeah. Because I love Jason. Like, you know, I can't say it enough. Yeah, yeah. And Until It Sleeps Ends. And he does that, and it's just like he's totally going crazy. You can watch his right hand, and he's absolutely going crazy with the pick. He's playing so fast, and he goes all the way from the top of the fretboard on the E string, and he's like making his way all the way up, and he's doing the wah pedal with it, and it's like totally explosion. It sounds like Cliff, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It does. It sounds like Call of Cthulhu. It sounds like the ghost of Cliff or something. The ghost like, of Cliff, yeah, you're right. Came you're into right. him for a second, and he just did this crazy thing. And I love how on the last note, he grabs it, and he bends it, and then he does the thing where you push the body away from the neck on a guitar mm-hmm. so it like it, yeah, it gives totally distorts the note. sound yeah, yeah 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 and so he's doing that while bending the note super high while playing the wah pedal it's the most disgusting sound but like it works so it's so much and then wow you know i mean we all know how from the belt yeah. <laughs> what what can you say um it, one of the greatest songs ever written in my opinion Oh my god! One of the greatest metal songs. One of the greatest songs I've ever heard. Oh, like, just, I love James beating his chest like Mighty Joe Young. Yeah, like yeah, you know, it's like oh, just perfect. Kirk going to the front of the crowd. James mm-hmm. is raising his arms and barely getting his hand back to the fretboard to play the. Yeah, no, I noticed that because the first few times they don't do the da 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 like on the second fret of the guitar. They just do the it goes like it's just drums doing it. It feels kind of empty and it kind of sucks. Because like you know those two notes, really like they oh, yeah, need yeah, you, to build yeah, up they, to the, yeah, the opening. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like James puts his arms up, and he's expecting Kirk to do the da da da, and he'll just come back down and do the E with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I feel like this is one of the times because I think when I saw him live, he did that. Like he just let Kirk do the second fret stuff. 
Yeah. And he like raised his arms and was doing the James Hetfield thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and he hits the symbols as well, which is a James Hetfield thing as well. He's just oh, yeah, he's just in it. Like he's just he's oh, yeah. smiling so wide. Oh yeah, it's an amazing song. And my bass player friend tells me that I remember him telling me the other night, he was like, Honestly, man, they should have like it, he doesn't hate Jason or anything, but he says that like he doesn't like Jason's portrayal of like the Call of Cthulhu or Orion, or from okay. the Beltos, which I thought is interesting, because obviously he does his spin on all those songs, yeah. but I think I like his version of From the Beltos, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's definitely different, but yeah. it's not like too different, and I kind of wish that Robert played his own version. Like, obviously he does amazing justice to Cliff, and Robert's probably the best bassist they've had, technically-wise. Yeah, yeah. But I don't like how he plays exactly how Cliff did everything. I think it'd be cool if he took his own spin like Jason did. Yeah, it's just such a shadow, isn't it, over the band? Yeah. And I think, I think both of the bass players subsequently have developed differently. But, yeah, it, you know, essentially the first two minutes, as I've said before on the show, of, of Bell's Toll is an instrumental, you know, and it just gives them yeah. all this essence to sort of work with the crowd. You hear loads of crowd noise. Some guy jumps on stage. At this yeah, point. yeah. <laughs> I was uh, watching this, like, last week. I was watching it in my third period. <laughs> and um, I remember, like, watching it and, like, I sit with this group of people in my third period, and they're like, they don't even really like listen to Metallica or anything. And I was like, guys, you gotta see this. And I showed them like, this is literally insane. Like, there's a guy like running on the stage, and like security tackles him. It's yeah. it's pretty absurd. Like, you think it's almost like it's staged, but yeah. it's not. No, no, it's not. But it adds to it, and I'm glad that they kept oh, it yeah. in as well. They could have cut to the of performance of it, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it just everything about this song. I love when he, you know, take a look to the sky just before you die, and it cuts to black as well. Oh the yeah, yeah. Ramp out and. It's, um, yeah, and I love the end of the song as well, when it all oh, comes yeah. apart, and just the wailing of Kurt's mm-hmm. guitar, it's... Church it's solo at the end oh, is awesome, like, God. it's just totally, yeah. like, you know, undoing itself. Yeah, Like, yeah. it spends the first two minutes building up, and it's, like, the definition of an epic, almost. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then it kind of just falls apart, like... Dun, 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 yeah, it's dun, just, like, glor- you know? glorious chaos. Uh, that yeah. Kirk is espousing here. Kirk's very much in his sort of Steve Vai sort of mode, very bad horsey esque. You know, he's really got his yeah, hands yeah. around the neck and wringing out all he can uh, from the fretboard. And you know, then we get back into a Black Album classic, a song that is about going on holiday and getting mobile coverage. Uh, this is wherever, <laughs> wherever, wherever you may roam. Yeah, wherever I may roam. Wherever yeah, I, may roam. I mean. I like all Metallica songs, but this one, and don't get me wrong, I like it. I saw him play it live. You know, I was singing along. It's a fun song, Wherever I'm in Rome. But there's nothing really too special about it to me. I know what you mean. I, it's grown on me. And I think I think, when, oh, you, yeah, I yeah. think when you get older, Aiden, you'll appreciate it. Like, cause when <laughs> I, was, I remember when I was your age. No, I'm not even, but like, I remember when I was, I, I never thought it was that good of a song, but it has grown on me. It's more the guitar. Yeah. And I think it has a killer solo as well. I oh, mean, yeah. It builds the up to the solo. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's got a lot of uh, sort of fallow periods that you've got to appreciate, you know, it's I mean, don't slow. get me wrong. I mean, overall, it's a, it's a great song. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It, it's the Black Album. Yeah. And this is one of them they played twice too, mm-hmm. uh, to get like multiple angles for the DVD. And, you know, it's a, it's a cool performance. When I listen to the S&M version, it literally gives me chills, the intro. It's absolutely unreal. I, yeah, where yeah I'm the, the intro on the S&M version, you're right. This is also a live song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is a song that works so good live and that's why it's been a live staple you know for so long and kirk rocking the boris karloff guitar as yeah well. this is it's right around when i guess like it debuted you know what i mean yeah like yeah. nowadays it's 
it's like part of Kirk. Like you, you know his Boris Karloff, bright orange mommy oh, yeah. guitar. But now I like they mention like they're talking about his guitars in the making of, and he's talking about how this one's relatively new, and like they're acting like it's like. They, they talk about it almost in the fashion they talk about, like, the piss caster, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But now it's, like, a total, it's, like, it's Kirk's guitar. Uh, and, yeah, there's, I love when um, Kirk plays a solo as well. James goes down and starts high-fiving everyone at the front row. And yeah. it's just, they, they utilize the crowd structure so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then we end sort of with James, uh, sorry, with Jason doing another sort of little bit of bass here. Um, you know, yeah. so sort of the wanderings aren't really Cliff esque because Cliff yeah. sort of played bass like a lead guitar, as he's more oh, yeah. pattern based. Um, yeah, Jason, and this little bass doodle is more somber. Yeah, which makes sense because the song they go into is Fade to Black. Yeah, so. I, mean, I, I know we keep saying these are some of the greatest songs I've written, but I think hands down, Fade to Black is top five for me favorite songs oh, yeah. ever forget metallica yeah. like it's just oh, it's perfect Fate black is literally a masterpiece it, it really is isn't it because i think it it's not like a sort of you know it has so many different sections it takes you on so many different journeys and the end solo as well it's the perfect oh. yeah i mean fade to black it's a real shame why they didn't play it on snm yeah what was that about why did they not play it i don't know it whose idea sense. that was no but all i know is that um, when I watch it, this like this version of Fade to Black on Cunning Stunts, it gives me an idea of what it would have sounded like on SNM. Because James's vocal style, you know, Jason's playing, Lars is Lars is everyone's playing, you know, how the band sounded in this era. I feel like if you wanna know what Fade to Black would have sounded like on SNM without the orchestra, but how they would have done it, yeah. Cunning Stunts is a perfect example. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, it, it's it's a killer killer fucking version and you know mm-hmm. jason is just head banging away when they get into the chorus riff as well oh yeah kirk has a slightly looser middle section um but 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 it works well and um quite a lot of people have commented on youtube about this i don't know if you've noticed this but when jason goes down to the crowd there's a girl who's clearly falls in love with jason in those few seconds she has like doggy eyes for him it's beautiful Go, wait Read the comment to me. I want to hear which one you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I'm pulling the comment from my head. I don't have the comment in front of me, but it's just like the girl, the girl is just looking at him and she's, she's not even listening to the music. She's just I, got I, le- I left that comment uh, yesterday. Oh, right. Okay. I don't think that, it was that yourself. Was, that was my comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Jason, Jason gets like super intimate with this girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, like she's like looking at him. It's total like definitely like, like we said earlier, Jason's crowd fan-esque vibe that he has yeah oh, oh totally totally and um the kill ride medley is next uh, aiden yeah um uh i don't even know what to say i mean i've heard it a million times it's awesome it's not as cool as the justice medley in my opinion no just because most of those justice songs won't see the light of the day live you know a lot of the time but the kill ride medley is still awesome and i feel like this is more of an example like we said they shorten creeping death they shorten master puppets because, like, I feel like they kind of are trying to redefine themselves almost, like, get away from their thrashy 80s yep, yep. selves. So, like, they just kind of take all the parts that they want to play into, like, a medley, like a seven, nine-minute medley, whatever it is. And the Kill Ride medley, it's cool. You know what I mean? Uh, they open up with uh, Ride the Lightning, which is awesome. You know what I mean? I think it's a great version of Ride the Lightning. And then they go into No Remorse. And personally, I think No Remorse on the Kill Ride medley is so slow. Like, I... 
I really don't like it. Yeah, I don't. It's yeah, it robs a bit of the energy, definitely. And I yeah. think altogether the medley, as you say, it's a nice concession. It's an awareness that they're moving forward musically, although <laughs> load of reload, I would argue, moving backwards. But regardless, yeah. you know, they're, they're moving forward chronologically, but they're still going back. They're still, you know, referencing what has came before. You have this Greek chorus of the crowd constantly at the front pouring there. Um, and hit the lights, I think, is, is really good here. Oh, God. So they do have no remorse, and I think it's really slow. Mm. But then they they make up for it because they go and hit the lights, and they honestly, like, play it faster. Yeah. Like, hit the lights, James start, does the pick slide, and he starts the down and and it's so fast. Like, it's unbelievably fast. And Lars comes in, and he's playing double bass super fast. Like, no lock, no leather, go kick some ass tonight. Like, it's, they're totally, you know going so fast on hit the lights and it really makes up for the no more so i can't really complain because i think it's very well done like they do it so fast and so energetic which is how kill what kill was built on was energy and speed you know what i mean oh yeah definitely and then after that they go into the version of i mean section of four horsemen and that's really different because the drum beat is completely different you know what i mean yeah 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 it's they're doing like it's interesting but i'm glad that the other versions are fast yeah yeah and they sort listen to you know every now and then but the real version of four horsemen is the speedy one you know what i mean yeah yeah it's uh it's yeah it's it's a nice interpretation of it they sort of trash can it out all of them sort of putting their instruments yeah. to the great james getting the ain't my bitch slide out as well which you know you yeah, rarely see yeah. james playing the side you know so much adulation uh soaked up here and it's quite cool that they sort of do the faux ending and when you look on youtube it's like oh fuck there's 30 minutes left <laughs> you know it's a long encore. yeah so in the Kill Ride medley, like they do the dun, 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 slow part, but then they go like I don't know. I feel like adding the slow part really just kind of like made everything all wonky and made it feel out of place. Because then they just speed up again in the they go into Seek and Destroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seek and Destroy is awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's a live song. It's one of those songs that is made for live. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. And, and then they go into Fire Fire with Fire, and he does the double bass, and it's cool, and there's fire shooting everywhere. It's cool, yeah, it's cool that they played that. Very cool that they played that. And James is just vamping on top of this. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. He, he is loving it. Lots of, uh, this crowd is going wild here. Um, Lars is teasing throwing sticks out at the end james mm-hmm. is almost like jfk like shaking hands you know <laughs> lots of like lots of like uh, election stop and um it kind of you know they kind of go but then kind of come back and we get leper messiah with oh god you know i like hearing it i'm not the biggest fan of james soloing and bending over it i don't know if uh-huh. it sounds that good yeah i know what you're talking about left messiah personally is one of my favorite metallica songs oh yeah like, it's a great song i i love love messiah and i love like I guess the theory that Dave Mustaine wrote that middle section, like this fast part. Yeah. I, I like looking into that and they can like, did, is that inspired by Dave Mustaine? Did he write that? And they knew like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot to Left Messiah and lyrically Left Messiah. I'm not going to talk too much about Left Messiah, but mm-hmm. it's a very interesting song. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. And there's a cool camera shot utilized here that isn't much in the show, um, which is underneath the grating. 
you, you yeah, sort of yeah. see them from below, which which they didn't do too much. And um, you know, James says to the crowd, "Are you still here? What the fuck for? Uh, yeah, what should they you play? Yeah, you greedy <laughs> bastard." Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason says, "Free bird." Um, yeah, you know, he's always got a little comment in there. And then eventually they come back with the old Metallica classic, "Last Caress." Right? Yeah, I mean, they totally they just jump in straight into it. They jam "Last Caress." It's super fast. Uh, Jason's like singing the chorus. And like, there's a section. I think it's in the second one, when Jason's like singing back up, and James is like too far away from a mic, like he didn't realize. And so, it's so, like, the first half of the chorus is just Jason singing it before James can get to a mic, and it's cool hearing it just him singing it. Yeah. So, you know, more Jason stuff. Always more Jason. And yeah, you more know, Jason. More Jason. <laughs> this is a great thing to play. Uh, you know, the one hour forty-five mark, wherever we are in the show at this point. You know, it injects a lot of energy into the crowd. And I like at the end when James is sort of like, you know, going yo yo yo, and then he goes yo 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 yo. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Total nineties James. Like, Come he's, on. He's he's probably consumed some alcohol. He just, at yeah, this he point. just needed to say yeah. baby to like become ultimate nineties yeah. James at that point. Yeah. And and talking of nineties Metallica. One of the things I don't like about 90s Metallica, Aiden, they cut Master of Puppets in half. Yeah. Um, they play, like, the radio version, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. They cut out... Obviously, I love the whole song, but they cut out the good part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. James is solo, the awesome, clean part. Yeah. At least they didn't do that on S&M. That's all I gotta say about no. that, really. No, no. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening has heard it, but, yeah, when they get to the master, that section, um, James sort of bows the guitar, bends down, and then we cut quite seamlessly into Enter Sandman, which is a really good performance. It's it's Enter Sandman. Yeah. You know, it's literally everyone. You know, I love the episode you did with uh, Metal Up Your Podcast. Oh, man. Great episode. I thought, honestly, like, one of my favorite episodes, you guys did it, like, you made me realize how cool a song title is. You guys mentioned, like, yeah. Enter Sandman. It's like, you mentioned it was Shakespearean. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Enter Sandman, it's, uh, it's, it's overplayed, but there's a reason it is. You know what I mean? It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, yeah, and yeah, good Good you mentioned that, yeah, check that episode out if you want to hear me, Clint and Ethan, uh, go on too long, and then we did a little bit of the Proust questionnaire at the end as well, um, Yeah. Uh, but at this point, arguably has the most memorable version of, um, memorable moment, sorry, from Cunning Stunts, where we have the stage collapsing, um, yeah. dude on fire, you know, all that sort of stuff, James it's... seems to be struck by sparks at one point, yeah. what do you think about it's this? It's like through the never. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I... Watching it, because I'd seen Through the Never before I first watched Cunning Stunts, and I was like, "Did when they were making Through the Never, did they know that they were doing this? Or do you think that they forgot? Or do you think they were referencing it? Like, what do you think I guess is up a, with that? I guess it was a, a straight reference. I mean, you know, the, the band... It's the like band almost identical. Aware. Yeah, yeah. The band are very aware of their history. And, you know, we have lots of things falling down and, you know, people... Mm-hmm. I remember my, my, my cousin, actually, my cousin Peter, my older cousin who got me into Metallica, I think he saw the band on the Black Album tour, or maybe this tour, actually, and he was saying that when he saw them, this happened, of course, when it happened on every stop of the, uh, of yeah. the tour. And... It seems quite genuine, you know. You, I guess at the time you wouldn't quite realize what was going on, you know. It's quite disorienting. Oh yeah, and um, it's very realistic. And James mentions in the making of that the, on that tour in like Phoenix, Arizona, or something that the guy fell down and like he busted his head open, like one of the guys who was supposed to fall off the ladder. And James thought it was like a prop, like with a fake blood, but really he was laying there like in a puddle of blood. Like yeah, it looks very real that. I would imagine that people could mistake it. Yeah, 
totally, totally. And I, I love the afterwards the stage is reborn with a oh, few, yeah, few yeah. amps, a few lights hanging above the drum kit. The lights are so weird. Oh, like I, I, It's so cool, though. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. I love the way it looks. I love the thought yeah. that's gone into it. I love they're turning them on, and they've kind of, you know, re- reincarnated as a garage band to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, like they mentioned through the Never, because they do the same thing, you know, they set up some amps, mm-hmm. and Lars and James says, this reminds me of my garage. Yeah. And then they go in to hit the lights, which is obviously they probably wrote in a garage. You know what I mean? And um, in this one, it really does look like a garage, like with the hanging light and like the little amps. Like this one really does look like a garage almost. Like, I, you know, I noticed that, that there's a real garage vibe and the lights are hanging around and they're setting up amps and they're kind of just joking around talking. And Kirk gets the, the freaking blue liquid guitar piss caster yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they jam kind of Bad Seed-esque. Um, they play yeah, their yeah. Cure as sure. well. It, yeah, I love Cure. I, cure is also one of my favorite songs. Mm. And I loved hearing it because, I mean, I like Cure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, James sort of checks that everyone's okay. He asks mm-hmm. if, if, any, if someone pulled a plug out. And yeah. they go into, similar to No Remorse, I would have preferred a faster version of Am I Evil. And yeah. for me, I... I personally love the intro of Am I Evil the most. I think it has an incredible intro. And they it's, skip it. They do skip it. They go straight into the, the riff and the verse, which is fine. But, you know, what what do you think about this uh, rendition? I mean, Am I Evil's, like, it's funny because it's not even a Metallica song, but it's a classic Metallica song. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Definitely. everyone knows Am I Evil, more so the Metallica version. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, hell yeah, yeah. I mean, the Diamond Head version's fine, but... But Metallica... Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a Metallica song. It's a Metallica yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Me and my friend mentioned that, too. Like, when they play cover songs, they don't say, this song is a cover by a band called Budgie, you know, or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, just yeah. say, Brad Fan, you know, and, like, or this song is, am I evil? It's, like, yeah, yeah. they don't say it's cover, but they all say it's not a cover. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But, and I mean, they're allowed to. That, of course, of course. And, you know, um, I think the guys at Matlow, Matlow you Podcast on their, their Garage Inc. covers episode, they mentioned... You know, the royalties that these bands subsequently got uh, by being mm-hmm. covered by Metallica. And Metallica are a band that know their history so well, and it's great to see them harking back to that. And I've always mentioned this on the show, but we are going to do an episode soon, listeners, on Lars's uh, new wave of British heavy metal compilation from the 90s. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely going to look into that soon. Um, and they end with Motor Breath. And like in the Kill Ride medley, you mentioned that M.I. Evil was slowed down for the worse, like they did with No Remorse. But I mentioned that they made up for it in the Kill Ride Medley by playing, um, you know, super fast at the lights. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. They played as kind of a slow, you know, without the intro version of Am I Evil. Like, it's kind of whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But then they go into Motor Breath. They skip the drum intro, which is weird. Yeah. But they go into Motor Breath. And this is one of the fastest performances of Motor Breath I've ever heard, honestly. Yeah. I saw, I saw them play Motor Breath, too, when I saw them. Right. And, God, mo- this performance of Motor Breath is amazing it's one of my favorite songs on this performance like it's so fast and james is like jumping around mm-hmm. he's like doing like a scottian from anthrax and he's like moshing on stage like he's jumping in between like the bridges of the of the two stages they have like they're just going crazy they are they are yeah it's i love how they end it on this like they could have ended it on like the house that jack built or something you know something off the new, <laughs> something off the new record or you know but no they go all the way back to the first record and yeah, oh, yeah. they murder this performance you're completely and they, right 
they stay with the garage feel. Like I said earlier, they play Emma Evil, which they probably covered in the garage at some point yeah, back in yeah, 81 sure. with Dave Mustaine and Ron McGovney, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Motor Breath. It's also that garage feel. It's it's like a punk rock song. Totally. And I love how the, there's a symmetry. You know, the show opens with the lights on, and it ends with Lars turning the light off. Yeah, and no better person to turn it off, honestly. Totally. Like, I'm to- I'm so glad that Lars stands there, and he looks around, and he does his, like, Lars is not shy at all. Like, Lars is so, like, he's standing there, and he, like, has his chest out almost, and he's saying, he's, like, giving this vibe that he's so... He's so cool. I think I'm Lars Metallic. I'm about to turn this light off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he, he does. He turns the light off, and everyone starts cheering, and it goes to black. And that's it. That that is Cunning Stunts, which is a, a remarkable release. I'm I'm pretty certain if you listen to a Metallica podcast, you've probably heard Cunning Stunts. You've probably seen it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an amazing performance. So, um, I think you mentioned before earlier, but what what is your favorite song from the whole thing? From this whole yeah, from Cunning Stunts. What's your favorite performance? Man, I want to say Until It Sleeps, yeah, probably. Or um, what's it called, Motor Breath, because they have such great energy. But I'm gonna say Until It Sleeps because that song is so like definitive of that era. Yeah, like you said, it's got like the Nirvana, you know, the soft courses and the heavy. I mean, the soft versus heavy courses type deal, mm-hmm. and it's just played very well. It is. Uh, and, the melodies of the singing is what really sells it for me with Jason and James. They're perfect, like you said, like Alice in Chains almost. So yeah. I'd say Until It Sleeps. Yeah, that, uh, it, it's very hard for me to decide. Uh, I think The Creeping Death is a brilliant rendition. I think Fade to Black as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, let us know. Uh, comment one as well. But the whole thing is, is terrific. It's a great time capsule of this era for the band. Please comment below. Let us know what your favorite tracks are. I actually popped on Twitter um, just before I went on at Metallica Pod. What, what do people think? Got some good responses. Uh, Steven says, that was the Met concert that I grew up watching again and again as a teen. It really shaped my love for them. Watching now, it feels very of its load era. Uh, Brendan says, never watched it. Is that the load stage setup? I saw them on that tour. <laughs> they only played half of Master of Puppets from what I remember. Yes, it Brendan, did. unfortunately. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, um, we... Tom yeah. Tom says, uh, wore the VHS out as a kid. Definitely shaped my impression of the band, and it shows how I picture them when I first think of them. Wish they did medleys like that now, and of course I hope to marry Fade to Black Girl or a UK equivalent. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, as, as we yo. mentioned before, Fade to Black Girl is there. And, uh, I'm not even going to lie, dude. She's yeah. kind of hot. Like, yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, she's transcended time, definitely. I wonder what she looks like now. And maybe I need to get yeah. her on the show, maybe. That would be a good interview. But, <laughs> we got to find her. Yeah, if you're listening. Uh, get her on the show. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, she can but, she can be on Fade to Black. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess, um, finally, Aiden, like, is there anything to, to promo for yourself? Uh, your Twitter, your band, anything like that? Um, no, not really. I guess follow my, my Twitter, my Instagram, or my YouTube. It's all, it's all drummer snail 115 you know. So I'm sure Tom can link it yeah, in the, I will. In so, the so description here. You have a YouTube channel then. Do you, do you upload stuff? or? Every now and then, just funny little, you know, if I'm playing a video game and something funny happens or whatever, whatever. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, okay, no problem. Well, yeah, I'll pop, pop this all in the description. Um, again, please, people, follow us at Metallica Pod. Let us know what you think about Cunning Stunts, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show as well, email me there. Patreon. If you want to help support us, you want to get access to the content first, leave us a review on iTunes. But, um, yeah, Aiden, this has been a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you too for having me.